Spring is in full swing, and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool, or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33. Beach. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. Story Jumpers, welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast. Are you ready to hear a great story? Of course, that's why you're a Story Jumper. The Dead Sea Squirrels tells the story of Merle and Pearl, two first century squirrels from Israel who've been preserved in sea salt in a cave alongside the Dead Sea. When 10-year-old Michael discovers them 2,000 years later and sneaks them home in his backpack, hijinks ensue after the salty couple reanimate and take their new friend on adventures full of action, humor, music, and character-building lessons. Enjoy this reading of Squirreled Away, part of the Dead Sea Squirrels, by Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales and voice of Larry the Cucumber. He has been making entertaining and wholesome content for kids since 1993. He created, wrote, and directed most of the Silly Songs with Larry segments and lent his screenwriting and directing talents to VeggieTales episodes as well as other movies like Jonah and the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. Chapter 1. Israel, Near the Dead Sea, Present Day Michael and Justin had been best friends ever since kindergarten. And when our story begins, they were a few days away from being fifth graders at Walnut Creek Elementary School. On this exact day, however, they were exploring a cave in the Middle East. If you're wondering where the Middle East is, look for East on a map and go to the middle. If you can't find East, just take a right at the Mediterranean Sea. And if you're curious about why Michael and Justin were there, we'll get to that later. What is that? Michael questioned pointing his flashlight at something on a small ledge, popping out from the rock wall just a few feet above Justin's head. You think it's some kind of animal? Whatever it is, it's not moving, Justin replied. Maybe it's a bat, Michael suggested. Bats hang upside down, Justin said. Maybe it's a dead bat. That would be cool, Michael grinned. Justin grimaced. That would be disgusting. You do know a pet bat would make us the coolest kids in the fifth grade, right? Michael said. A dead pet bat? Justin raised his eyebrows. As the two friends debated the value of a dead bat, the alarm on Justin's wristwatch went off. Oh no, Justin said, looking down at the rubbery band around his wrist. We have to go. Michael stood on his tiptoes. Give me a quick boost so I can see what's up there. We don't have time. If we're late for dinner again, your dad will kill us. Relax, we're not going to be late, Michael assured his friend. Just give me a boost. Justin knew Michael well enough to realize that arguing with him would only waste more time, so he reluctantly assumed the boosting position. Michael placed his right shoe in Justin's cupped hands, then stepped up and wedged his left shoe in a small crack in the cave wall. As Michael pushed himself up with his left leg toward the mystery ledge, his foot slipped out of the crack, and he fell face first into the wall. Justin held helplessly onto Michael's right foot as Michael's face slid down the gravelly wall and onto the dusty cave floor. 
Michael groaned, his voice muffled by the dirt. A second alarm sounded on Justin's watch. Time's up. Let's go. Chapter 2 Nothing bothered Justin more than being late. If he wasn't at least 30 minutes early to school, he started to sweat. Inside of 15 minutes, he broke out into hives. The one time he was five minutes tardy, he nearly exploded. Running toward the cave entrance in danger of being late for dinner the second night in a row, Justin was in complete panic mode. That's probably why he ran straight past the turn he should have made. Michael, jogging carelessly behind his friend and digging cave pebbles out of his nose, assumed Justin knew where he was going. After a number of minutes of running past unrecognizable cave features, the panicked late feeling in Justin's stomach gave way to a different kind of horror. He stopped cold. Michael, whose right pinky was reaching for the very last pebble lodged deep in his right nostril, ran right into Justin, hitting his elbow against Justin's back and forcing the pebble even deeper up his nose. Ugh! He grunted with the impact, which forced him to swallow the pebble. Oh, thanks, he said. We're lost, Justin whispered. We're what? Michael asked. We're lost. I don't know where we are. We must have missed the turn. That's not good, Michael said casually. The boys looked at each other. Ah! They screamed in unison. Being lost in a cave, whether it's in the Middle East or the middle of Tennessee, is most certainly not good. Fortunately, they would tell their friends when they were back at school later that year, we had two years of junior ranger patrol training. In reality, Michael just happened to remember the story of Hansel and Gretel. Why don't we just follow our footsteps back to where we were supposed to turn, Michael said, like breadcrumbs. Oh yeah, good idea, Justin said, looking slightly calmer. Thirty minutes later, and one hour late for dinner, the boys spotted daylight. Chapter 3 Michael! 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 Whenever Michael heard his name yelled, he knew he was in trouble. And he heard his name yelled a lot. According to his little sister Jane, Michael was the most used word in the English language. But this time, Michael didn't mind hearing it. Being in trouble was nothing compared to being lost in a cave. Dad! Michael ran to hug his father. I am so happy to see you. What were you doing? What were you thinking? Why were you... Michael's dad stammered. You can't just wander into a strange cave by yourself. We were exploring, Michael said pathetically. Besides, Justin was with me. It's also a strange cave for Justin, his dad yelled. I know, I know, I'm sorry, Michael said. I'm sorry too, Dr. Gomez, said Justin. If I lost you two on our next to last day here, I would be in big trouble with your mothers. Both of you are grounded until we ship out in the morning. Go to your tent, Michael's dad ordered. Usually when kids are grounded, they're sent to their rooms in a house. So this may require further explanation. You see, Michael's dad was a college professor studying people who had lived in the Middle East thousands of years ago. He was working in an area close to where many of the stories from the Bible took place. From Joshua leading the Israelites into the Promised Land, to David hiding from King Saul, from Elijah going up into heaven in a chariot of fire to John baptizing Jesus. Dr. Gomez thought coming along on the trip would be a good learning experience for his son. Michael, who was always up for an adventure, liked the idea, but he wasn't crazy about spending an entire summer away from his best friend, 
So he convinced his dad to invite Justin, too. For two months, Michael and Justin shared a tent in the desert beside the Dead Sea in Israel. If you're wondering why it's named the Dead Sea, the answer is very simple. The water is so salty, fish can't survive in it. Have you ever tasted ocean water? The Dead Sea is ten times saltier. Not only that, but the Dead Sea is smack dab in the middle of a desert, so the land around it is hot, dry, and dusty. Very few plants or animals can survive in the harsh environment. But the land is still beautiful, and most important, fun for a couple of ten-year-olds. When they weren't busy helping to lug broken pieces of old pottery around, they spent their time capturing scorpions in pickle jars, rolling down sand dunes, and, of course, exploring. Michael, I've told you before to never go into a cave without an experienced guide. Dr. Gomez leaned down and got eye-to-eye with his son. I love that you love to explore, but it's important that you listen to me. It's for your own good, because I want what's best for you. Understand? I understand, Michael said, as they returned to camp. Chapter 4 Grounded on our last night here, Michael whined as he lay on his cot, sketching. Well, we wouldn't be if you would have listened to your dad in the first place, Justin replied. It's been a fun summer, though. Hard to believe we'll be back in a boring old classroom in a couple of days. Yep, Michael sketched quietly for a moment, then asked. Hey, when we entered the cave, did we take two rights and a left, or three rights? Three rights, I think, Justin replied. Um, what are you doing? Wow, this is going to be a great, fun, and interesting story. I mean, squirrels from the Dead Sea that get salinated and brought back with rainwater? you got to be kidding me. But I'm really curious. Uh, we've got the author, Mike Noraki here. Mike, what are Justin and Michael up to? Are they about to sneak out of their tent after just getting grounded? I know, right? Hey, Andrew, nice to talk to you, man. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Justin is a little bit more of the sensible one. Justin is the rule follower, so I think he might want to stay in. But Michael, Michael's a little bit more adventurous, and, um, you know, he's, he's really tempted right now to, to head out and find out exactly what's on that ledge. So, uh, but, but he struggles, you know, part of the, part of what Michael learns in this lesson is to obey his, obey his parents, you know, and his dad has said, hey, don't go into a, a, a into a strange cave, you know, by yourself without an unexperienced guide. And so Michael knows better, but um, he's he's kind of on the verge of making that decision. We always like to push the envelope. I've been in caves before. I guess you have too. It can get pretty dangerous. Oh yeah, they can get dangerous. You know, we were in a um, my my son, my son also named Michael. Uh, this character is based off of of him, but uh, he was in the Boy Scouts, and we did caving a couple times. And uh, boy, you get into some of these big caves. You know, we live in Tennessee, uh, and then up, you know, so there's a lot of cave structures here, and then also up in Kentucky, there's mammoth caves. Um, and uh, you you can get if you're not if you're not careful, you can get lost for sure. Wow. Well, okay. So I shared the story with my kids, and. Uh, we're wondering, you know, is this really possible? <laughs> well, you know, animals do hibernate, you know, so, uh, true, you know, true. bears, they, they go into a cave, you know, in the fall and they come out in the spring. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a fantastic journey. But, you know, we asked that question. What if, you know, what if? 
a squirrel. And, and these squirrels aren't native to the Dead Sea. There's no dead, there's no squirrels around the Dead Sea. So these squirrels live up in Galilee along the lake of, or the Sea of Galilee. Uh, there's actually a squirrel species up there called Persian squirrels, also Caucasian mm-hmm. squirrels. It's the name of them. And so, uh, Merle and Pearl, uh, Merle is an adventurer. He decides to take a little vacation with his wife. You know, he, he's always heard that you can't sink at the Dead Sea. He wants to find out what that's about. Little does you know, though, the Jordan only flows one way. So he, he, they float down the Jordan. They, they have a little bit of fun in the sun. Um, but, uh, <laughs> a little squirrel but then, vacation. <laughs> exactly. A little fun in the sun. But then there's no way to get back because, you know, he hasn't oh, no. thought ahead that far. And, uh, of course, you know, they're covered in salt. They're dry. And it's a great, great recipe to be preserved for 2000 years. <laughs> I guess so. It didn't work out for Merle and Pearl, but uh, thankfully, Michael and his friend came along. So now I'm wondering, how did you ever come up with the idea for the Dead Sea Squirrels? Well, you know, I'm one of the creators of VeggieTales, and we told a lot of stories with VeggieTales over the years. Um, and I wanted to be able to tell stories with uh, more, more New Testament stories about the life of Jesus and the apostles. One of the problems that we had with VeggieTales was that the characters are vegetables, and we never wanted to show Jesus as a vegetable. We thought that would just be a little bit too weird. Um, mm, and so yeah. <laughs> uh, we thought, <laughs> you know, everybody, you know, it's like you just kind of sense like, no, nah, you don't want to do that. Um, and so I wanted to tell stories that could bring, you know, we could have these these characters come forward in time from the ancient world into modern times and share, you know, the lessons that they've learned uh, from Jesus and the apostles from their time. So, so that was that was the idea. And of course, um, there's the Dead Sea Scrolls, which uh, some mm. people know about. Some moms and dads know about those. Those were discovered in the 40s, which are these ancient scrolls from uh, around the, that same time, around the first century time of Christ, when they, those were put into the Dead Sea, the caves along the Dead Sea. Of course, a lot of the writings date back even much further, but they were discovered by a little boy uh, in the 40s. And so uh, so some of those things from real life, kind of combining them with some fantasy elements, um, you know, was I thought would be a really fun adventure and, and a great way for kids to learn great lessons. Yeah, no, I love it. The adventure is set. I mean, I can't wait to find out what Merle and Pearl are going to share with Mike. Wait a minute. Michael? Yeah, Michael and his best buddy, Justin. Are you telling me that these squirrels can talk? Oh yeah, of course they can talk. Yeah, if they can, if they can be brined for two thousand years, two thousand <laughs> years, and they, they they can also talk. And for some strange reason, English as well. They can speak English, which there's no real rhyme or reason for that. Hmm. I have found that to be very convenient. Yeah. <laughs> you think they'd speak Aramaic or Hebrew or something, but no, they're they're English speaking squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really is a really cool idea, and I think it's a great way to introduce some of those Bible stories that Merlin Pearl would have experienced, right? Right. So what what are some that pop up like top of mind? What are some of the Bible stories that they experienced? that they are going to share with Michael. Well, sure. Well, um, in our second book, Michael uh, has a run in with the school bully, Edgar. And, uh, and the thing about Michael's and Michael and Justin and their friend, Sadie, they're all in fifth grade. So they're sort of grade school royalty. You know, they're on the top of the heap. They're the, they're the senior members <laughs> of the school, but uh, they are bullied by this character named Edgar, who's in fourth grade, but he's just, he's, he's bigger than an eighth grader. Um, and oh, Michael my. is just indignant on this and he wants to get revenge on Edgar. And so he's, he plots out this, this revenge of how he's going to get back at it, back at them. But, you know, by this time, Michael has met Merle and Pearl and they remember a story about Jesus who uh, preached 
near the Sea of Galilee, uh, the squirrels were sitting up a tree, sitting up in a tree, and they watched him give the Sermon on the Mount, and um, where he talked about loving others uh, as yourself, treating others how you want to be treated, uh, and that helps Michael to kind of process what he should do with this feeling of revenge and, and getting back at Edgar that he's thinking of. Yeah. Uh, so those sort of things, and the other writings of of, of the apostles of, of Apostle Paul, uh, and, and you know lessons about being diligent and, you know, working mm-hmm. hard, that sort of thing. So all of those sort of things come up. Um, you know, Michael has an adventure in the modern world uh, and he has a problem um, that Merle and Pearl help to answer with a story from the ancient world. Man, that's great. That is cool. So, okay. Michael found some squirrels, but did you consider any other critters that might be preserved by Dead Sea Salt? <laughs> Sea monkeys crossed my mind, you know. <laughs> sea monkeys you know, might be, good. yeah. You can bring sea monkeys back to life. Yeah, by, they you know, come back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're they're not quite as cuddly though. Imagine no. uh, dead sea armadillos <laughs> or something like that. No, there was just something about there was I. You know, I love squirrels. In fact, I'm, I'm looking at my merle. I've got a merle merle and pearl plush sitting on my speakers over awesome. here. They're so cute. They're just such cute little animals. And um, uh, of course, you know, they're they they do live in the area. So th- there was just so many perfect things about squirrels that uh you know made them the right fit for this just line and, up and, and it sounds like squirrels too you know so yeah that's like, yeah, true the pun, the pun works <laughs> much better it is a good pun but so, okay. see squids maybe would be close too but yeah we went with squirrels that would be <laughs> <laughs> now i did hear that Merle and Pearl might be getting their own cartoon series. What can you tell the story jumpers about that? Oh, we are so excited. We are finishing up the pilot episode right now uh, of the series. And each each of the episodes will be based off each of the books. And so the first book, which is Squirreled Away, um, is now nearly uh, the animation's done. We're, we're working on um, sound effects and, you know, final audio right now. Uh, and, uh, and we've gotten funding for... Um, additional episodes. So we're, we're diving into that and just super excited to bring these characters to life. Uh, what happens in the books is also going to happen in the series. Um, so it'll just be so much fun for, for kids who have made their way through the books and, and fall in love with the characters to be able to then watch them as a cartoon. So we're super, super excited about that. Yeah, it looks really exciting and fun and and funny. I mean, even the um the the song that you guys have to introduce the series is just it's just fun and it's upbeat and it's I can't wait. I can't oh, wait, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to it, Mike. Thanks so much for joining the Story Jumpers and thanks for telling us all about Merle and Pearl and the lessons that Michael learns from Jesus all the way back by the Sea of Galilee. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be here and uh yeah, kids, check out those squirrels. Parents, Dead Sea Squirrels is a humorous early chapter book featuring childish adventures, biblical concepts, and Christian life. The Dead Sea Squirrels series consists of eight books so far, all by the co-creator of VeggieTales. As readers familiar with VeggieTales might expect, there are elements of character building and morality, Bible verses, and depictions of Christian life throughout this chapter book for elementary school children. Mike Naraki is the co-creator of VeggieTales and the voice of the beloved Larry the Cucumber. He's been making entertaining and wholesome content for kids since 1993. Mike created, wrote, and directed most of the extremely popular Silly Songs with Larry segments and lent his screenwriting and directing talents to VeggieTales episodes as well as their other movies, Jonah and the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. Mike also developed and wrote Three, Two, One Penguins and authored a number of VeggieTales books and CD projects. 
Mike serves as assistant professor of film and animation at Lipscomb University and co-hosts the weekly podcast, The Bible for Kids. Learn more about his book and animated series projects at DeadSeaSquirrels.com. You can find the entire Dead Sea Squirrel series of books on his website or at Amazon.com.